0: And welcome to another very special edition of the GoCast podcast. I'm interviewing Nick, also known as Trainer Tips. You actually might only know him as Trainer Tips. I suppose that's a possibility. Hey, Nick, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. You know, I I do wonder if
1: people like watch my videos and just don't know what my name is because I never say it like I'm not. Hey, I'm Nick at the beginning of every episode. So, hey, I'm Nick from
0: (laughs) Trainer Tips. (laughs) Has anybody ever asked you if your first name was Trainer and your last name was Tips or made jokes around it? i mean i get people calling me like mr tips so (laughs) i I guess there's that (laughs) that's like a name of an animal crossing character man that's really funny (laughs) okay well mr tips welcome to the show Man, this has been in the works for a while, at least for me personally. But this is our first time connecting. And I'm super excited about it. And I kind of wanted to give some people that are listening that might not know of you or about you or what you do kind of an opportunity to kind of get caught up with the rest of us. For those that might not be familiar with you and your work, what's your elevator pitch for who slash what trainer tips is? Because it's more than just a channel. It's kind of like an identity, right? Uh, yeah, I guess so. It's It's really become a huge part of my life
1: at this point. So I make Pokemon Go videos on YouTube. That's like the simplest way I can describe it. But I like to think they're a little bit more than that. I like to focus on the travel aspect. Um, I've been to, I think, 20-something countries since the game released. So that's that's been a big part of it for me. I mean, when it started, it was definitely more about tips. Hence the name, Trainer Tips. But yeah, as it grew, it really became a way for me to like see the world and share that with an audience, which I think is one of the things I like most about it is that I just get to like sort of expose people to new cultures and new places and hopefully inspire some travel. So that's that's what I try to do over on YouTube.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. And and one of the the big backbones of your content is obviously Pokemon Go. So how long have you been a Pokemon fan? Since day one, day one. I remember specifically seeing
1: a commercial for the TV show before the TV show actually started airing in the U.S., I saw a commercial for it. And I was like, Oh, that looks cool. I'll have to check it out. And I think I was, I was probably nine years old at the time. So yeah, from right then that was, that was the beginning. I've played every main series game since then. I've sort of, I've fallen off a little bit on the main series lately. I didn't finish sun and moon. I'm still slowly trudging through sword and shield, but Pokemon Go has really become like my main focus. But yeah, I mean, I, I've, been a pokemon fan since day one in the u.s
0: so do you have a particular favorite generation or is that an unfair question i mean i i guess it's like the older ones just for nostalgia right gen one's always going to be special
1: to me like that's where it all started so i have a lot of good memories from my childhood that are intertwined with gen one so i, I guess i would choose gen one
0: okay that's a very fair answer I, it's kind of hard to avoid the nostalgia factor right it just draws you in yep. you think you get out and then you hear that theme song and you're like oh yeah, actually. <laughs> so how do you choose to play Pokemon Go? Because you're always on the move with, with your videos when the world is in a normal state. You're on the move, traveling and doing all this different filming, in different places. But you're also playing Pokemon along the way, keeping us updated with news and all that. So how do you choose to play Pokemon Go either for your personal pleasure with the game or, you know, for your business aspect for making videos? I mean, at this point, it's just part of the routine. You know, I can't imagine
1: not playing so, I mean, of course I enjoy it. Like, I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing for this long if I didn't enjoy it. But I feel like I really owe a lot to the game for what it's allowed me to do with my life. You know, none of the travel would really have been possible if it weren't for the game. So, keeping people updated is kind of like, I feel like I'm putting in the work so that I can continue to do the travel part of it. Which is like the part, I guess, that I, I don't want to say I enjoy it the most. Mm-hmm but I definitely enjoy that the most.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, that's, I mean, that's fair. That's like the most unique aspect of it, right? I mean, the rest of us are playing too, but you get to go see what it's like everywhere else as well. Yeah, absolutely. So when you're traveling around and you're in all these different places, what team are you repping? Instinct.
1: Since, you know, it's actually kind of a funny story. The reason I chose it, like way back in the day, before the game was released, there were like small teasers coming out or like, Really poor quality videos from like a little press conference that Niantic did somewhere at some small convention. And they were talking about teams for the first time. And you could see a red gym and a blue gym on the map. And in the corner, like on the very edge of the screen, there was like this tiny sliver of yellow. And I was like, wait a minute, everyone's talking about Team Red and Team Blue. And I saw this little yellow and I made a video about it. I was like, wait, I think there's a third team. I saw some yellow. And the next day, they announced that there's three teams, red, blue, and yellow. I was like, okay, I called it. I was literally like the first person outside of Niantic to know that Team Instinct exists. I have to choose that team.
0: (laughs) But I'm sure it's become more than that, right? I mean, I'm sure you just love the team now just in general and its own merits. I guess so. I mean, (laughs) honestly, I've never really
1: had a lot of team loyalty. (laughs) Like, I'm stoked that I was able to find that out. And I think it's kind of cool. But... At the end of the day, we're all playing the same game. We're all Pokemon trainers. That's the team that I'm on. Team Humanity.
0: <laughs> yeah, team, team. isn't that Team Harmony? Isn't that the Te- thing? Team Harmony, the thing? I guess so, yeah. Yeah, that everybody, hey, man, I, I could use a green team. I could. I really could. Yeah. yeah. So to kind of balance out the unfair question I asked you earlier about which is your favorite generation, how about the most unfair question there is to ask any Pokemon fan? What's your favorite Pokemon?
1: Oh, that's, honestly, that's easy for me. It's all time. It's Celebi. But Santru, Santru is like my original favorite. So that's, that's right up there with Celebi. It's like, you know, the nostalgia factor, it's Santru all time
0: because of its lore in the movie, definitely Celebi okay i think everybody has like one pokemon that they hold on to like mine is cyndaquil and then you're like yeah but there's a legendary that i love and i feel weird not mentioning it and for me it's suicune <laughs> <Sweetcoon>, right <laughs> so Okay. like we okay. all have like a pair we're like yeah this is my favorite legendary but if i can't answer with a legendary or a mythical here's what i normally <laughs> answer with <laughs> i think i've got an answer prepared for like
1: all the possible caveats
0: okay but what about this or what about that like yeah i got it yeah. i got it covered aside from gen one aside from mythical <laughs> the legendaries are Okay. Like, okay. Hang on. Which version of my list do I need to pull out? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. All right. Well, so now that we're pretty much familiar with you and, and your relationship with Pokemon, I kind of wanted to dig into your work in general because... Besides keeping us informed with Pokemon Go content, like we mentioned before, you travel and the filming that you do, your videography is just incredible. I That's why I liked your videos so much. Besides you and your personality and being kept up to date, just like your shots with your drones and seeing the places that you were with and the music you chose and such like that. So you're you're a giant in this particular niche on YouTube, which is I say that because I'm referring to the niche of Pokemon Go YouTubers. But at the same time, like you're in two niches, your Pokemon Go and travel. Yeah. So what kind of makes you stand out in the crowd, especially in those two niches? Is the combo enough or is it more than that? I think overall the combo is like what's helping me stand out in general.
1: But it's funny because I I don't really feel like a travel YouTuber. Like I feel like the other travel YouTubers, like if you think of travel YouTubers, whoever it is, Sam Colder or I don't know. I mean, I, I don't really follow the travel YouTubers all that much, to be honest. But I feel like none of them probably have any idea that I exist because On the surface, my channel looks like a gaming channel, like from the thumbnails, from the titles. You would almost never know that travel is a huge part of it. So I'm sort of using Pokemon Go as like the pull. Like the marketing for the channel is all based on Pokemon Go. But what I try to do that I think sets me apart in the Pokemon Go community is really focusing on that travel, even though it's not in the titles, it's not in the thumbnails. I try to do, I think what anthony bourdain did for me through parts unknown where i was like it's kind of like a food show you know Mm -hmm. it's it's about food and you start watching and you're like yeah let's see what food is like in hong kong or whatever it is and then you walk away from the episode having learned so much about the history the culture you know the struggles that people have on a day-to-day basis in this place and it's like i i've tried to sort of Take that format and apply it to Pokemon Go where it's like, okay, someone's going to click on this video because they want to know about this new Pokemon that's coming out. They want to know counters for a raid or whatever it is. But it just so happens I'm also in the Philippines and now I go through the counters and if they stick around, they get to learn a lot more about the Philippines. So I don't know. I think that kind of helps me stand out.
0: Yeah, I would, I would say so too. So you've identified kind of like the unique aspect of it that, you know, which you're going for in particular, but was this always the case? Did you intend to emphasize that difference? Like, did you have to work on that sense of identity about it? So way back before the game launched, like when it
1: was first announced, they, I think it was one of the early interviews or something. It came out that you would have to travel to catch all the Pokemon. And I was thinking like, oh, how am I going to make that happen? You know, I was, I was like working part-time for my cousin, helping him out with his YouTube channel, doing a couple, you know, small gigs for another cousin with his company. I wasn't working full-time. I wasn't making a ton of money. I was just kind of like trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life, basically. And when they announced, you know, you're going to need to travel. I was like, okay, how can I make that happen? And YouTube was like the most obvious answer at that time. Since I was helping my cousin with his YouTube channel, I had been watching a ton of YouTube. I was like, I watched so much Casey Neistat at that time. Oh, sure. An an avid daily viewer of his channel. Yeah, it just kind of made sense to me. I'm like, okay, if I want to travel, I can make a YouTube channel. And if it gets big enough, I can totally make it happen. And it, it happened. And I was surprised. I think everyone was surprised by how quickly it happened. You know, when the game came out and it just, it was like this viral hit. It blew up, took the channel with it.
0: And here I am almost four years later. It's been a crazy ride. Okay, the travel aspect of it and justifying the travel and stuff like that was always an intent from the get go.
1: Yeah, it was definitely like the goal was like, okay, if I want to play this game seriously, and I do. I've also really enjoyed the idea of travel. I didn't do a lot of traveling before the game came out. I traveled around the US a lot with my previous job. So I got like 37 states or something. oh geez yeah out of the way early on that's not yeah. a small amount oh my no that's
0: it's it's most of them i've been to most <laughs> yeah. of the states um, that is definitely in most territory yeah <laughs> yeah uh, so was there were there any other competing ideas for what you might have started the channel on if not for pokemon go or was pokemon go like the trigger you're like this is the opportunity oh it was definitely pokemon go i had i mean i have my personal channel that
1: i upload i haven't uploaded to in a while but I like to say I upload occasionally to that channel. I think it's like 2017 was the last time I really, really uploaded something. But I was like practice vlogging a little bit on that channel. Like I did a road trip. I lived in a van for a month. And when I go back and watch those, I'm like, wow, these are really bad. They're so boring. They're so boring. But, you know, it was just kind of like, I guess it was practice,
0: and then Pokemon Go was like, "Well, here's the opportunity. Let's see if we've, if I can actually make this work." Right? Seems like a, a perfect fit. So why not? Then, where did trainer tips come from? I know it's on the signs in the games, right? Mm-hmm is it that or is there something else
1: no that's it that's it it was just like a callback to the main series you know just and it works throwing it out there like hey this guy oh he it's a, it's a main series reference he's a pokemon fan he knows what he's doing i guess
0: he's the guy that brought all those signs that's, yeah, it. that's me mr that's tips me. yeah mr <laughs> tips <laughs> uh so then what's your favorite part of the video creation process so you had you had a drive you you had a, a motivation you had All the pieces, the content in front of you to discuss and stuff like that. But then in the video creation process, it's obvious to me, and I think to pretty much anybody else that watches, that you're super passionate about filmmaking in general. High quality shots with the right music, the right tone, the right voiceover, everything. What is your favorite aspect of video creation? Man, if I had to pick just
1: one, I think it's getting the right shot. I really like making things look good. I mean, overall, you know, the music really adds to that. Music's always been an important part of the videos for me. I think it's creating the whole mood, really. Some of my best videos or my favorite videos are ones where I'm really focused on creating a feeling. Like I want the audience to feel something specific and the shots are chosen to help with that. The music is chosen to help with that. Like my Celebi series is a, is a pretty good example yes. that I like. I was to just point about to. to bring that up. Yeah, one hundred percent. Go for yeah. it. What do you what do you want to talk about? Because I love talking about those videos. No,
0: yeah, I was <laughs> that was going to say. I'm like, you mean like your Celebi videos? Because that's exactly what you're describing. Because like I could not look away. It was that you know to to use modern slang. I suppose they were a mood, right? It it captured. It was a complete package it wasn't just here's some news here's a transition here's some talking about it here's some gameplay a transition okay see you later it was uh i'm telling a full narrative in this video it's one thing yeah and and that's special i think oh, man i love those i still watch them <laughs> i i actually go back and watch them occasionally that's awesome well it's good to be you know connected to your process in that way though too you yeah. know yeah. Yeah. So there have been a couple of times where you've gone away for a few weeks or even up to a month at a time with like one or two videos in between. You're just like, I'm uploading some stuff, but I'm going to step away. Do you find that going back to visit some of your old content is a really good way to when you're ready to come back to, you know, slip into the shoes more comfortably?
1: It depends. I mean, I think most of the time when I I'll, I'll take a short break, it's just it's to avoid like real serious burnout. It's kind of a a, a big deal. In the YouTube world, I mean, I think a lot of people don't realize how much work it can be to really like maintain a YouTube channel with regular uploads. You're doing like six different jobs. You're doing obviously filming, editing, you're directing, you're acting, you're doing marketing, you're distributing. Like, there's entire production studios that do have, I don't know how many employees doing like whatever, to put out one video a day or one video a week or whatever it is. So when I when I'm coming back, I don't know that I really watch my own videos too much to get back in the swing of things, but what really helps me when I'm feeling sort of burnt out is going back and reading like letters that people have written to me. That just hearing the stories from people about how the game or more specifically like how my content has helped them through tough times or inspired them or whatever it is that's really motivating for me it kind of reminds me like i'm doing this for more than just myself i'm doing this because it's a really good opportunity to help people on a macro level you know i'm not like sitting one-on-one with people and helping them through their problems but by creating some piece of entertaining content that can help you know, a bunch of people just get through, get
0: through the day. So yeah. Yeah. Just looking back at that stuff. It's, it's a really big motivator. Absolutely. I can identify with that heavily, you know, uh, watching your videos and, uh, you know, several other creators videos. a lot of times has been what I needed at the end of the day when I was sad and like watch, especially your Selby series in in particular, like I've gone back and I've viewed those several times as like a pick me up. So that, that resonates with me. I, I completely appreciate that. Yeah. But kind of moving past the creation process, another really fun and interesting and kind of Milestone description of your relationship with the game is also your relationship with Niantic. You've been making Pokemon Go content for a long time, and you were like one of the first, if not the first, influencer to forge like a serious relationship with Niantic, a partnership, and open you know line of communication. Um, mm. How did that first communication go? Did you reach out, or did they? They reached out. That was, I mean, that was how the partnership started. I
1: think a little while before that, I had like gone up to San Francisco, and I made a video of like sneaking into their building. <laughs> <laughs> and that was just like i forget it was summer of 2017 when they first really reached out like beginning of summer because our partnership sort of started with the first go fest and i i want to say it was like april that i was in san francisco and i was like i'm just gonna make this stupid video where i go to their building and see if i can get in just because i didn't know what else to do it was a time when like the game was kind of slow i think a lot of us like were feeling a little bit frustrated at the lack of communication from Niantic. So it was sort of, uh, it was one of those things like, you know, when you're a kid and you want your parents' attention, so you you like do something bad, whatever it is. <laughs> right was. on like, the wall, yeah, yeah something. Yeah, just something to get any f- kind of attention from your parents. That's, <laughs> that's kind of what that was. I was like, I'm just going to go show up, knock
0: on the door and go, what's going on? <laughs> Sure, sure. You broke into their house. That'll get their attention. Yeah, basically. (laughs) That's awesome. I mean, it it
1: didn't work, obviously. Like, nothing came of that specifically. But I did hear about it later on when I I met uh, one of their marketing people. I think he's now the head of marketing for Pokemon Go in, like, an actual meeting. And he goes, oh, I remember you. Didn't you come? You came to our office one day and I told you, like, I can't give you any information. Like, try (laughs) try sending an email to whoever i was like oh my god i'm so sorry <laughs> that's so funny <laughs> i'm so sorry but as far as like the the actual communication like when the partnership started we got an email it was i think it was myself mystic 7 reversal twintendo got one at that time and i remember like i got the email and the subject was high from niantic or something like that and my heart jumped out of my chest i was like wait a minute is this serious and then like a minute later, I got a DM from Reversal. He's like, yo, did you get the email too? And we're like freaking out, just DMing back and forth like, oh my God, I don't know. What do we do? What do we do? And um, yeah, that was the start of it. I mean, it was it was a complete surprise because at that point we were like, well, we're never going to hear anything from them at this point. I think we're a year into the game. But yeah, that was that was the start of it.
0: Yeah, and I mean since then it's it's changed quite a bit. Um the relationship between you and other influencers in Niantic is is no longer such as a secret or something that you know people don't really want to bring up or talk about directly. Like it's there's open communication and even Niantic has acknowledged their relationships in, with with you and other creators as well. How has your relationship with Niantic changed over the years as an influencer then? So much, so much.
1: In the beginning they reached out for Pokemon Go Fest specifically. And they told us like we're having this event. I don't know if it was publicly announced. No, it was. It was announced at that time. Go Fest had already been announced. And I think in the email, they were like, are you planning on attending? Because Reversal and I joked about that. Like, are you planning on attending? Like, of course we are. That's, this is huge. So the initial partnership was like sort of just for Go Fest. And after that, there wasn't much follow-up. There wasn't much going on and it wasn't until Liz was hired. Liz is the community manager for Pokemon Go and she has been amazing. Like her job is one part of her job is literally to just like talk to us all the time. So we have so much more constant and consistent communication. Like the lines of communication are open. It's great. I mean, I feel like if there's if there's something that's like a serious concern, I can easily express that to Niantic we're able to give feedback a lot faster a lot more easily that's something that I I think we always kind of wanted because I know there would be a lot of times where like some update would come out and people were really unhappy with it and I would be thinking and I think a lot of other creators would be thinking like "Mm, we could have told you that yeah people would have reacted that way (laughs) so now we get a chance to tell them like hey this might not land right but I think they're they're also much better. I think because of Liz. Like Liz spends so much time reading community feedback, whether it's Twitter or Reddit. I think she has a really good grasp on like what the community really wants. So Liz has been a huge factor in like the improved relationship between myself and other creators
0: and Niantic. Yeah. And then also, therefore, just the quality of the game, because the game is largely, you know, people communicating and having relationships with each other and the game. And so that just makes everything better. Right. Uh, So then maybe this will be either a fun question or an awful question. What are some common misconceptions you run into regarding working with the parent company of the game you create content for? So so who thinks that, you know, what's going to happen in a year? You know, stuff like that. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. I think
1: I think the biggest one is that people just overestimate the amount of influence i have like they think i could just go to niantic and be like hey you should do this and they'll go oh okay yeah we'll do that like it seems to me that people really think i can just tell them what to do from the way that they're like commenting on videos like you should tell niantic this you should tell niantic this why haven't you told niantic that we need a a ready button for raid lobbies i'm like you don't think that we've talked about that right so yeah, that's a very frustrating one, especially when people are telling me in person, when people are giving me like their feedback in person and, and like going on and on about it. I'm like, I know, yeah. I know I, I can't, I, I don't know what to tell you at this point. I'm like, that's a good idea, but we've, we've definitely talked about it and I just <laughs> want to, you know, they want, they want to feel heard. So I let them talk it out, but yeah, I think people definitely overestimate that. And then another really annoying one that bothers me a lot is people think that Niantic like treat our accounts differently. Oh, like, when I get a shiny, people go, oh, of course you'd get a shiny. Niantic puts shinies in your account. And then, I mean, I feel like I have pretty terrible shiny luck overall compared to like, you know, a lot of people who play the game. They, Can't they confirm probably it. play.
0: Right. As, as a fan. Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah. Can't confirm. <laughs> it's bad. I don't get a lot of shinies. So when people tell me or or think that like Niantic is specifically putting shinies into my account for the sake of content or to make people think that shinies are easy to get, I'm like how does that even make sense? From my videos, you would think that shinies are impossible
0: to get. Uh-huh. That's what you want <laughs> us to believe, Nick. That's what you want us to believe. Yeah, right. Yeah, Hello. this is even more this smoke in the screen. Yeah. Right. Liz, I need I more shinies. Like, can I get twelve shiny san- uh, Santro so I can just keep them, please? please? Thank you. Yeah, on my desk tomorrow morning, please. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so I do want to talk a little bit more about Pokemon Go, but just as a quick little side, because it's, I think it'll be kind of a fun question. Uh, your videos have always had more than just Pokemon Go content, and like we talked about, your your travels and you talking about culture and stuff like that, and you wanting to explore different flavors of life other than just talking about Pokemon Go stuff, but do it in fun places. Um, Have you ever been tempted to change the trajectory of your channel in favor for other things to focus on besides Pokemon Go or even the travel aspect?
1: I have. I have. um, Not so much recently. I think I've sort of settled in more. I'm really happy with the way things are going with Pokemon Go. But there were times, especially early on when there was no communication from Niantic, It was tough sometimes like between Gen 1 and Gen 2 there was a time where like nothing was happening in the game and I remember I think it was like the end of January beginning of February 2017 myself and Mystic 7 and Reversal and Ben Tim all sort of separately made videos around the same time just saying like hey nothing's happening with Pokemon Go I might have to do something else like benton was talking about going back to clash royale or whatever it was which he's actually done at this point but yeah i mean now that we have more consistent communication with niantic i'm definitely a lot more comfortable like i have more faith in the game and the company and the future but early on there were definitely times where i was like i might just have to i don't know and i don't even know what the thing would be if i were to right. change my focus because i don't really consider myself a a gamer like i couldn't just switch to a different game because i don't i i don't really enjoy making that type of content like i don't want to sit at my desk and play a game and make a video that way because i really do enjoy the travel i mean like i said earlier it is it's kind of my favorite part so it would have to be something that would allow me to travel one of the things that i've thought about is like music it's another one of my hobbies i guess like i'm really i I follow a lot of electronic music a couple labels really closely and i thought maybe there's something i could do around that um and that would allow me to travel too but even that i don't think would really do as well as pokemon go content because it's it's like smaller labels that i follow so unless i'm doing like mainstream stuff and i don't i'm not gonna follow one direction around because i don't care are they even relevant i don't know it, it just shows you how
0: yeah, how little I'm the i know person to ask i have, I have no <laughs> idea i have no idea um <laughs> yeah yeah that was gonna be my follow-up question is what the other thing would be but i think pokemon go is interesting because you would describe it as a niche for sure but it's huge it's, <laughs> it's huge is, yeah it's millions of people you know so right. yeah it, you can't really say that's kind of tongue-in-cheek almost you
1: know Yeah, I mean, to be this deep into the the life cycle of a game and still be doing consistent like hundred thousand, hundred fifty thousand views per video on YouTube,
0: like we have a strong community. We sure do. I mean, even across in the audio format, just the amount of community engagements. I used to podcast about other topics and other games, Mm -hmm. and and nothing even comes close to how wonderful the community is in Pokemon Go. Right? It's great. I love I love you guys, all of you out there. I love you. Thank you for the support. (laughs) So you mentioned you were like, hey, I didn't I don't know what other sort of game I would do or any sort of other content I would do. You want to sit at a desk and do stuff, which yep. is interesting because that's exactly mm-hmm. what we have to do right now. Right. One of the other avenues of content you've been pursuing lately has been streaming on Twitch. So due to, due to us having to stay inside self-isolation because of the global pandemic, um, a lot of computers are, are doing things instead of what they would have otherwise been doing outdoors. They've been trying to find alternative indoors. And Twitch seems to be a popular option. So how have you handled the shift from this long form premeditated presentation to this? Hey, guys, I'm live on Twitch. (laughs) You know, it's very different, right? It's
1: totally different. Yeah. I mean, I've done a few live streams on YouTube around Pokemon Go stuff or main series like when Pokemon Let's Go came out. I streamed that. But it's it's totally different. And it's not something that I really wanted to do. Like, obviously, if I wanted to do it, I would have done it a lot more often. I think with, with all the travel, it was hard, to to really have any sort of consistency with streaming. But obviously now, you know, I, I haven't really been outside aside from getting groceries or like the occasional walk for close to 50 days now, I want to say. Oh, geez, man. We're getting up there. Let's not remind ourselves. <laughs> right. But Animal Crossing, I think, just came out at the right time. It was just this perfect timing where I'm like, I love Animal Crossing, I've played, you know, since Wild World on the DS. I'm just going to stream it. Like, why not? And it's been a lot of fun, honestly. Like, I've I've had a lot of fun on Twitch. It is very different from making videos. And I got to be honest, I don't like it as much as making videos. But it's very difficult. It's, I mean, it's impossible to make the kind of videos that I want to make right now. You know, with uh, limitations on travel. So... I've just sort of fallen into it. I mean, I, I feel like a lot of things in my life, I've just sort of ended up there and made the most of it and enjoyed it, ended up enjoying it. And this, this is one of those things. I'm like, I'm, you know what? I'm a Twitch streamer now. For as long as I have to stay inside, I'm,
0: I'm streaming on Twitch. It's, it's working. Are you, are you finding a lot of overlap from like your, your Pokemon Go fan base? Are they following you around two different platforms? Are they tuning into these Animal Crossing streams? Or is it like new people? I think it's mostly the
1: existing fan base. The reason that I decided to do it on Twitch was just because, just to kind of keep things separate. I think if I had started streaming Animal Crossing on my channel on YouTube, it might have, I don't know, turned some people away. They're like, oh, why is this guy playing Animal Crossing now? I'm not going to watch that. And the YouTube algorithm is all kinds of weird and you never know what's going to negatively affect you. So I didn't want to take the chance of like viewers being turned away by me playing a different game on the main channel and then that negatively affecting youtube recommending my videos to them in the future so it was sort of a it was an algorithm
0: driven decision to be on twitch that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, there was a lot of talk in the creator space about the algorithm, like especially this past year in YouTube. It's been kind of a hot topic issue. I remember that was it was it in the middle of last year? or Was it early last year that you and Mystic 7 both had like your accounts flagged and removed unfairly and you guys got them restored right away? But it was still like like a day or so, right? Yeah, I think it was like 12 hours that my channel was completely
1: gone from YouTube I couldn't even log into to the Gmail account that it, that was associated with it. So that was scary. And I mean, that was like, that was completely on the algorithm that just sort of incorrectly flagged our content as something against the terms of service or whatever it was and completely closed the channel down, removed the channel and all the videos without any sort of human intervention, you know, like within 10 seconds of looking at the channel, someone could have gone, Oh yeah, that's this is totally wrong. Like the algorithm caught these channels and it has nothing to do with whatever they were looking for. So that was a very scary moment. And I feel like I've had a couple moments like that on YouTube. That was the one that affected me the most personally, but like adpocalypse with PewDiePie. I think it was the year before that. You know, it just it it makes you realize that there's a lot that can happen to your channel that's sort of out of your control so i think diversifying whether it be like through patreon i have a lot of people who support me on patreon and that's that's huge for me and now with twitch just having these sort of different platforms and these different revenue sources it's it's almost like a safety net for me as a creator since i don't have an employer i don't have like i don't get unemployment if all of a sudden youtube
0: falls apart
1: yeah, it's just it's just nice to diversify because you never know what's going to happen with the algorithm.
0: Yeah, definitely. So that's that's awesome that you're having so much fun and success on Twitch, even if it wasn't your first choice. It's not even close to last. Right. So that's right. Hey, right. That's great. It's also give you an opportunity to explore a couple of different things that at least I mean, I haven't seen you as somebody that follows your content. I haven't seen you do before. We mentioned music before. You're a big above and beyond fan. You've, you actually have a couple of videos just dedicated to that group. And so from your videos, I I picked that up, obviously. And uh, lately, you've been hosting some awesome DJ live streams with a couple of Pokemon Go mixed in. I also saw you had an Animal Crossing one. Like those look like a lot of fun. So it's a a really unique fusion of content. So do you think you'll continue to do fun side projects like that now that you've been exposed to it and have had some success and some fun, like once the isolation guidelines have been lifted or or not? Because honest to God, it seems so on brand for you, the DJ set. So. (laughs)
1: I'm glad. Yeah. I mean, I think it's definitely something I'm going to continue. I was actually planning on starting that even before like isolation stuff started. I had been talking to a couple of my friends and we were going to just going to start like streaming once a week on Twitch, like playing DJ sets because it's always been a hobby. Like I'll play it at our parties when we have house parties or whatever it is. We'll play a DJ set and I don't know, I just, I thought it would be fun. So I was planning on doing it and then I'm stuck in the house now and I'm like, well, I, I might as well, like, why not? So I think even when things return to normal, if I'm gonna keep doing one thing on Twitch, it would probably be the DJ sets. Like I have the most fun doing that for sure. And I think by the time things are back to normal, like I'm not gonna be playing Animal Crossing as much, most likely. And it's it's rare that there's a game that comes out that I'm like, I'm just going to sink eight hours a day into this. <laughs> so I don't know that I'll have another game that I'll really be like super excited to stream the music. Definitely. I mean, that's, it's, it's probably like my, I think I have the Pokemon go community. And then I have like the Anjuna family and beats is the name of above and beyonds label. So there's the Anjuna family. It's like my other, my other community that I feel like I'm a big part of. So
0: that's, that's definitely something I want to keep up yeah that's awesome i'm i'm happy personally to hear that i'm sure other people will be thrilled to hear that as well uh yeah the especially the animal crossing time was it was really great it was funny (laughs) i'm I'm building a nightclub right now actually
1: i was was streaming for like eight hours before this and uh yes i'm turning my house into a nightclub for future dj sets in animal crossing that's awesome
0: that's so funny that's that's really cool (laughs) Well, okay. so talking about the isolation stuff and how it's kind of affected our lives, it's also affected the game that you and I both love so much. Niantic has made several concessions regarding their gameplay and features in Pokemon Go while promoting the self-isolated gameplay for trainers. That's why they made these changes in the first place. So do you think that any of these isolation inspired or motivated measures are at the point of no return? A good example would be remote rates or the walking distance for GBL and stuff like that.
1: I really think that they eventually want to go back to the way it was before all the isolation, all the distancing orders were put in place. The way that they've sort of worded a lot of things makes me think like, this is temporary. So for remote raids specifically, you know, the announcement said you're going to do less damage as a remote raider, but for now it's going to be full damage. And then there's going to be a limit on the number of people who can be raiding remotely but for now, the limit's going to be higher. So they're setting all these things up so that they can roll them back um, You know, when it's safe to do so. Um, there's a limit on the number of remote raid passes you can buy. There's uh, the number that you can hold right now. So they don't want people stocking up on remote raid passes because I think they don't want that to become the norm. Now, as far as like the community response, when they start rolling these things back, I don't know i honestly hadn't really thought about it but now that you bring it up i'm a little worried that people are gonna like riot (laughs) like wait you can't take away our remote raids but i don't know i I also feel i hope that when things start going back to normal people will just be so excited to like go outside that they won't want to raid remotely like you know you've you've been inside for however many months at that point like of course, I'm going to go out and walk to the gym. Of course, I am because I haven't been able to for so long. But I don't know. People obviously react differently than than I hope they will.
0: Yeah, they will. And it's it's weird to kind of see the sorts of groups that are popping up now and being like, yes, this is exactly what I was asking for. Or they're already starting to petition to keep some of these changes in place. I've seen some of that go around as well. I mean, of course, it's going to be a vocal example of any viewpoint. And so it's not like, a oh, people are saying this. Well, maybe two people right, are saying right, that. Right. But they do raise some of these people raise a really great question, kind of, you know, addressing the accessibility of Pokemon Go. To what extent do you think where do you think the balance is right between emphasizing the go aspect of it, but also like when they still want us to play while we're at home and be safe? Like maybe some of these things can be adjusted for people with accessibility barriers or whatever the case might be.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's tough. I definitely don't envy Niantic having to make those kinds of decisions. I think they'll probably see through this situation and through a lot of the features that are coming out right now, that they're maybe not as damaging to the whole like get up and go idea as, you know, they may have worried that they would have been otherwise. And I think, I think they'll probably like they'll have to find the balance too and, and figure it out as things do get back to
0: normal i don't know i don't know it's tough yeah this is this is the question i'm sure niantic is also going that's tough to the same question you know it's the million dollar question in a lot of ways yeah absolutely but in the meantime I mean, we've got some other fun things to do like remote raids is is one example but gold battle league they've they've lowered or they've removed actually completely the walking requirement for your battle sets and so I wanted to ask you about go battle league in the first place. Like how, how are you liking it? Do you like it in comparison to self stuff? What's your experience with the PVP sphere? Well, it's funny because I, I,
1: today I did my 25 battles for the day for the first time in like, I don't know, a month, at least a month for the first time in the entire time that I've been in isolation. Why, why today? Just, just because it just happened. So I was, I was streaming animal crossing this morning and, one of my villagers is Zoe two dots favorite villager. So I've been trying to get her to move out so that she could go to Zoe's Island. Is that flurry? Yes. Flurry. Today was the day that she decided she's going to move out. So it was three 30 AM Zoe's time in Australia. Oh no. I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> wait, what do I do? So I'm trying to figure out like, do I say yes? Does she have room for a new villager? Can she even like come here and, and accept this? So I, I was waiting. I waited like three and a half hours for Zoe to wake up <laughs> so oh that my. she could tell me either yes or no, like let her move out right now. So yeah, those 25 battles were one of the things that I did to fill the time. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as far as Go Battle League though, I I haven't been keeping up with it. It doesn't hook me like I wanted it to, especially like the last couple of weeks it was in Master League. Master League's really my least favorite. I'm not a huge fan. I don't do well. And I think it's because I just, I don't enjoy using legendary Pokemon, even back in main series games. Like I never wanted to use legendary Pokemon on my team. Cause it just felt like, Oh, like of course you would do that. They're the strongest Pokemon. And for me, it's like, I, I'd rather use fun stuff. I'd rather like get creative. And that's really hard to do in master league. There's a very defined meta. So, I mean, for that reason, I do enjoy the Sylph arena cups more but even those I haven't done as much recently, it's difficult when I'm traveling to like find a tournament. my Pokemon go experience is different than most people's I think like I don't have a regular community that I'm always playing with i have you know there's a raid group in long beach that I'll raid with it's occasional it's not like every new boss I'm going out and raiding with them you know and and community day i I spend almost every community day somewhere different like I've definitely done a few in long beach and like around la but for the most part it's like i'm with a different community every month so it's hard for me to even keep up with like the sylph cups um i'd have to like find a completely different group every time wherever i am i did just do a self cup with my discord server my my patreon discord so that was a lot of fun i think we're gonna do another one this month but yeah i definitely enjoy the self cups more just because of the limitations like the the opportunities to use different Pokemon are are huge.
0: What's the phrase? Uh, uh, limitation breeds creativity. Yep, yeah, something like that. I bet there's better word usage in the actual phrase, but that's close enough. I mean, I feel like <laughs> I say it. I feel like I say it, restrictions breed creativity. I don't. Yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. There you go. That's that works too. Sa- same idea. Same idea. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think we all we can all kind of agree with that too. That Sylph had this this really interesting and engaging infrastructure built up. And then Go Battle League scratches a different itch. I mean, the matchmaking is incredible, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, Sylph and, Sylph and Go Battle League are just so different. They're just yeah. completely different beasts. I mean, I, I hope they can continue to exist, coexist.
1: You know, the Sylph, I was really close with with Dromps and the Sylph team early on, like in the development of the idea and like marketing the idea. And it's still something I'd like to see grow, but it's it's hard to grow something like that without any kind of official support like it's all it's almost i feel like it's sort of reached its point of saturation where it's really hard to attract new people to sylph league arena cups especially now that go battle league is like super accessible
0: and that that dominates their social feeds too because it's being pumped up by niantic right exactly it's right. it's getting all of the promotion so i would i would love to
1: see sylph league succeed and become like this huge thing but i don't know it's it's going to be tough to get any kind of official support so we'll see
0: that's very true but to those of you still working out there on those self cups thank you thank you so much the honestly cup looks interesting looks very yeah. interesting yeah
1: we're going to have fun but,
0: uh-huh so when the time does come to return to what will be our new normal because i don't think anybody thinks that you know when they say we're going back to normal we don't really mean the exact way things were before pandemic situation right but when we do go back to what will be considered a new normal do you think the culture around pokemon go will be permanently affected in any way i mean a lot of people are talking about you know how apprehensive they're going to be about shaking hands staying close to each other at least for a while i mean do you think that's going to impact the way we all play pokemon go together i think so I, i mean i don't see how it couldn't possibly affect it like
1: i feel the same way i'm like i really i could use a hug right now like i haven't seen my family in you know seven weeks or whatever it is I would love a hug but like I'm I'm gonna be very apprehensive about it when it comes to strangers like shaking hands it's already something that I, I try to not avoid but like I'm very conscious at, at meetups at community day I'm shaking hands with a lot of people I'm meeting a lot of people um, so I'm like okay don't touch your face for the rest of the day but I, I think we are gonna see some I don't know about permanent changes, but definitely temporary. And I'm not too worried about it affecting the game or the community in the long run, because we've already adapted at this point to playing, you know, in isolation from home over FaceTime. Like I'm sure people are doing
0: spending their evenings or whatever it is on FaceTime with friends playing Pokemon Go. Yeah, my, my co-host and I almost always do all of our community days together, and this past one for Abra, we were just texting each other the whole time, it was like we were still hanging out. I mean, obviously not, not the same either, right. but I was in a park, and he was in a different park, and we were <laughs> having separate situations and experiences, and it was, yeah, yeah, for sure. But, so, we might, as players, might be just fine, but as you, a creator... That travels around a lot for their content and stuff like that. Do you foresee any severe obstacles that might be in your way, especially kind of like right out of the gate? You know, I haven't been too worried about it. Like at this point,
1: I've sort of accepted that things are going to be this way for a while. And I'm almost setting myself up to like not have no expectations, but to have like really terrible expectations so that if things do go back to normal sooner than I'm imagining, then i'll be i'll be happy about that obviously i'm looking forward to traveling and i can't wait to get back to do it again but i'm not like planning any trips you know i'm not i'm not trying to i'm not acting like i know when when this is going to be over and when i can start traveling again so it might be tough for sure (sighs) wow you're really making me think about it now (laughs) (laughs) yes yes (laughs) yes um it's like it's like facing my mortality again i'm like oh man is this is this the end bit. of it yeah
0: right i'm not quite sure i mean yeah, i'm sure okay for my from my perspective as somebody that does not vlog and and does not travel for the content that i create right although i wouldn't mind it um <laughs> like i mean airports are going to be difficult obviously but beyond that i mean i mean how often do you work so when you're doing all the filming and stuff for your vlogs you're like you're on your own right you're doing it with a tripod and a camera or a drone that you're flying so yeah. you pro- you're probably in the clear in a lot of ways.
1: Yeah, I really, I really, I mean, it's, it's a one-man show. I'm doing everything. So aside from like maybe community day or like meetups or anything like that, I could definitely go back to doing just regular travel content as long as there's no travel restrictions. I can make that kind of content easily. It's like the meetups and stuff that I think, I guess, would be affected more so. Yeah, I mean, as far as like, waiting until I'm able to travel again, that's, that's fine. I'm a pretty patient person. And even if there's like international travel restrictions, I've got the trailer. I can road trip around the U S and you know, I love camping. I love getting out to the national parks. I can make content out there and and I'll be super happy with that. And that's, I can do that totally on my own. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not too worried about it. I think in general, like I'm not too worried about a lot of things. Life happens and you just got to roll with it. And
0: I feel like that's what I've just been doing my entire life. That's a healthy mindset. <laughs> a lot of us want to be where you're at with your mindset, Nick. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> so with that positive mindset, this might be an easy question for you. And you probably already know the answer. What's been your silver lining in all this global craziness? If you like discovered like a new skill. I know we talked about the value of Twitch and diversifying your your flow and your support and the content creation in general, but is there like one particular thing you're like, actually, that's super positive that came out of this situation. Obviously, the whole global situation is awful. Don't get me wrong. Oh, absolutely. But it's always important to look for a silver lining.
1: Yeah. I mean, I've sort of used it as an opportunity to work on some things. Cooking. Cooking has been a big thing for me. Like I've I've spent more time in my kitchen over the last several weeks than I have the entire time living in this apartment for like the last three oh, years. Wow. Oh man. Yeah, I've never been the type of person who who cooks food at home. I'll always like go out to eat or I'll order food or um it's just like really simple frozen food if I'm at home, but I've I've used this time to like push myself to learn, you know, some new things in the kitchen. I'm really proud of myself. I haven't I haven't like eaten out the entire time. I haven't picked up food or anything like that. So, wow. Yeah, the last 50 days or whatever it is every single meal I've cooked it right here and I've just been trying to like make the things that I miss so like sushi when I was at the Japanese market I bought sashimi cuts of fish and I like made the sushi rice and and made some sushi that was really good I made a in and out <laughs> I recreated a <laughs> double double at home yeah and I honestly I nailed it like it tasted just like in and out so I'm feeling pretty confident about you know, the things I've learned in the kitchen. DJing has been another one. I've always enjoyed doing it. But knowing now that there's like an audience that's going to watch that and enjoy it, it's really cool to just have this new way to sort of provide entertainment for people. You know, it's always been a big thing for me. I've, I've been going to like music festivals and events for a long time, and I always enjoy the atmosphere. And it's really cool to be able to sort of, even if it's virtually like on Twitch, to create that atmosphere and kind of bring people together like I'm really looking forward to at the next go fest whenever it happens I want to hear someone come up to me like two people come up to me and go hey we met in your twitch chat on
0: one of your streams like I'm (laughs) really looking forward to that (laughs) yeah that'll be wild I think chances are probably good that that's gonna happen yeah. That's pretty cool. Now, we just got to get Niantic to, uh, instead of one of those prize tents where they're doing all the trivia and stuff, just set you up on one of those days with like a, a, the, your entire setup and just have you just go to town. My
1: plan, honestly, my plan was to uh, have some kind of after party at GoFest. Like I wanted to do it this summer. So I was going to try the plan before everything, you know, ended up the way it is was like start streaming once a week with my friends, do the DJ sets, see if there's an audience for it. And then at GoFest, like partner with a club or a venue or something and have like one night <laughs> trainer tips after party and play a live dj set so definitely whenever the next like big go fest or whatever event happens i will be i'll be there with the whole setup and we'll have an after party and i'm
0: sure it's going to be a lot of fun <laughs> awesome i'm already looking forward to it man that sounds sick yes <laughs> yes Cool. So I kind of wanted to wrap it up here a little bit, but not without the usual capstone to our any sort of piece of GoCast content. We have a huge emphasis on goal setting. Huge emphasis on goal setting because we hit level forty, and what else are you supposed to do? Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm I'm kind of curious to hear what your current goals are for three aspects of your life. We'll go one at a time. So yourself personally, what what's like a personal goal you've got for yourself right now? Oh man, it's I guess it's self improvement. I mean, I've I've been
1: seeing a therapist. And by seeing over the last couple of weeks, I mean like video call, but I've, I've really tried to make therapy a big part of my self-care routine. So I'm trying to improve in a lot of areas in my life that I feel like, you know, I might have like unhealthy coping mechanisms or whatever it is. I'm really trying to work through a lot of those things and just become a better person overall or become happier with myself overall. So that's, yeah, personally. I've got, I've got some goals there that I'm working on.
0: Wow. Yeah. Usually people have a, take a really long time to answer that question. You have them ready (laughs) to go. That's awesome. Uh, What about for your channel, Uh, either your YouTube channel or your Twitch or both?
1: Man, I've never really been about the numbers on YouTube, but I am getting close to a million subscribers and that it it feels pretty significant. Like I have pretty big plans for what I'd like to do when Mm -hmm. I hit a million. I don't know if that's going to happen this year or if it's, if I'm going to be able to follow through with what these secret plans are okay but that's a big one there's like a really big exciting thing that i want to do for a million subscribers i guess this is kind of a teaser but it'll be fun i'm it, here for it it's man. something I'm, I'm, it. I'm really looking <laughs> forward to
0: Yeah, (laughs) that's awesome. Cool. So now that you're kind of in the weeds, as far as your Twitch channel is concerned, do you have any future goals for that? Or is it just kind of like a fly by night sort of like this is working right now? And uh, I don't know. Not sure. Yeah, I mean, I I think I'm rolling with it. You know, like I said, (laughs) I'm
1: adapting. I didn't know if it was going to work out at first. Obviously, it's become like a huge part of my routine at this point. Several hours a day I'm spending on Twitch, I guess. I don't know. It's hard to say because when things go back to normal, ideally I'll be traveling a lot more and I'll have a lot less time for Twitch. So I guess the goal for Twitch is to provide as much entertainment and maybe an escape from like stress as I can for people right now when I think a lot of people need it the most. So hopefully when things get back to normal, the videos
0: will be enough for people and they won't need as much distraction yeah maybe maybe they'll all be too busy outside playing pokemon go again mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i hope so there you go yeah and that brings me to my the third aspect of goal setting i want to ask you about so as a pokemon go trainer what do you what are you looking to accomplish
1: i think as of this morning i would like to hit rank 10 in season two in go battle league i actually had a lot of fun streaming the matches i think i had more fun Playing the matches live on twitch than i do like just playing on my own Mm -hmm. it definitely prevents me from getting as angry as i do when i lose because of like lag or like really close one hp losses it can be very frustrating so (laughs) playing playing live definitely helped where i'm like okay i gotta hold it together for the audience just a little bit. You guys all saw that, right?
0: You guys <laughs> saw how how frustrating that was? Yeah. 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 Oh, that's totally like, oh, yeah," helps. And you're like, that makes you feel better. Validation, totally. Oh my god, yeah. so much better. But yeah,
1: rank 10. <laughs> that's that's the new goal.
0: All right, well, best of luck to you with that. Thank you. Thank goodness Great League is back around. Honestly. That's all I have to say for, oh. for me personally, too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have one last question here that I, I don't normally ask, but I feel like it's a good one for you with no context you don't have to explain how you've learned this but what's a life lesson that you've learned recently
1: oh man wow
0: um i feel like
1: i'm writing things down let me me see have i taken any notes lately any philosophical (laughs) thoughts that i've had i do a lot of thinking in isolation you know oh yeah man if i'm not alive if i'm not playing animal crossing I'm, I'm thinking, observing I am, the ceiling. Oh, yeah. I'm looking out the window. Honestly, I think I think a big thing for me recently has been gratitude. When I started seeing my therapist, I was like sort of in the depths of like a, a depressive episode. And I realized that that's something that I go through. I don't know. I guess seasonally, like it, it comes and goes and it definitely coincides with like winter. And I know that's a, a very common thing for a lot of people. So I started seeing the therapist and one of the, the exercises that she's had me doing is practicing gratitude and writing down at the end of the day, three things that I'm grateful for. And every day before I go to sleep, that's the last thing I do. And it has to be something different every day. And that's really helped. It, it helped pull me up out of the depression, helped me realize how many things there are in my life to be grateful for. So I think, I guess that's a really big thing. Like uh, just being grateful, practicing gratitude has been huge for my mental health. So I would completely hundred percent recommend it to anyone who's struggling or even not struggling. Just, just reframe your perspective and realize how much there is to be grateful for in your
0: life. Gratitude. It's huge. I like that. That's awesome. So uh, now we're kind of at the end here. Where can people find and then therefore be thankful of you and your content? <laughs> Uh, I'm at T-R-N-R Tips
1: across all the platforms. So on Twitch, that's where I am. Uh, mm-hmm. Twitter, Instagram. I don't use Facebook. There's there's a Trainer Tips Facebook page, but I think I set up a bot a long time ago to automatically post new videos to Facebook. Nice. And that's it. Nice. I, I don't even log in and look at it. But uh, yeah, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, YouTube. T-R-N-R. Mr. Tips on, on Tips. LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Yeah. Oh man, I haven't I, I haven't been on LinkedIn longer than I haven't been on <laughs> Facebook. Might have to check it out. I guess I got a shameless I'm totally shameless about this cuz it's it's a good plug. I I have masks in my merch store. You can search probably just Trainer Tips merch or Trainer Tips Crowd Made on Google and that'll come up pretty easily. But we have Trainer Tips masks and 100% of the proceeds are being donated to Charity. So Crowdmade, the company that makes my merch, is donating their share to a uh, an organization that's providing masks for healthcare workers. So for every mask that we sell, a mask is going to healthcare workers. And then my portion of whatever the profit would be, I'm donating that entirely to the City of Long Beach Disaster Relief Fund, um, which is a fund that my city has set up to help small businesses that have been impacted by the shutdowns to help people in the community who might be struggling. So I just felt like it was, it was a good opportunity to give back and help people out because we're struggling right now. So
0: whatever I can do. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I just, I just did a quick little Google and it was the first ad um, at the top after trainer tips to be there. So it should be pretty easy to find. Perfect. But as usual, dear listener, we will have all of the links. We'll have links to all of Nick's social feeds and also to his store at CrowdMate. And we'll make sure you guys find the right spots and and all the right things that you want to find after this episode. But that does bring us to the end. Nick, I have to say thank you so much for taking the time to sit down and talk with me about especially this really huge global situation that's going on right now and how it's affected our lives. I know it's affected us personally and everybody in huge ways and small ways. And it's just really refreshing to hear such a positive take on making the best out of everything right now. So thank you for that, Nick absolutely man thank you so much for having me it's it's been a lot of fun and it's very nice to to talk to a human you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> hard to argue with that absolutely yes all right well hopefully we'll have you on again if you're willing and uh we'll see you guys next time Bye-bye. Bye bye bye